Welcome to the Life Saving Gratitude Podcast. This is Bunny Terry, and I am joined by my co-host and producer, Johanna Medina, who just happens to be my daughter as well. And we are having a conversation today with Michelle Anderson, who is an amazing coach, and she is a transformational and a, and a productivity coach for Keller Williams, but also several other organizations. And mm -hmm. this was a fun conversation. This is a conversation where we talked about the conscious and the unconscious mind and how, how it works. It was pretty mm -hmm. amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a, it was a great one in it. You know, it goes really fast. There's a lot of great information in it. Um, but yeah, I was I wrote down so many things. And again, that theme of like mindfulness that keeps coming up in a lot of our episodes. Um, she even kind of runs us through a mindfulness practice, a little um, a little technique, which was fun. I'd never, I've done a lot of mindfulness practices before, and I've never done that one before, so it was fun. Oh, people will want to stick around for that, and I and I loved. I got to tell you, there's always one. I mean, there's there's more than that. But one of the <laughs> things when when we were talking about accountability, I have had a number of coaches and I've had a number of Keller Williams coaches. And every time they start talking about, about accountability, my brain kind of turns off. I'm just like, oh, no, they're mm -hmm. going to hold me accountable. And she completely reframed that in the most positive way. So she did. She did. And I, I agree with that. you. I, I think accountability or being accountable sometimes maybe net you said negative connotation but it's almost like an intimidating connotation too because you think like oh no i have to be i'm someone's holding me accountable and someone's gonna know if i mess up but it's really doesn't have to be that scary it is someone is holding you to it but it's because they know you can do it so that's right makes it's, it way more motivating than scary Right. And, and it's, it's really one of my least favorite words. So I like, I really love the way that she reframed it. Mm -hmm. And then she had that quote, um, we can never rise. We will never above. outperform our own self image. What was that yeah. great or what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's one you kind of like, I need to sit with it for a little bit and like really think about that because right. some of us, I don't know. Sometimes you don't have a positive self-image either. So it's kind of, you can, you can bring it into that too, I think. Well, and I think that you, it's, it's all about um, the more you believe in yourself and the more that, you know, I'm, um, you know, the less self-doubt you have, the, the more you're going to achieve. I mean, the closer you're going to get to, to the dream you have for your life. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so many things. It definitely, you know, yeah, again, talking about the conscious mind, the unconscious mind, and and the kind of some of the science behind setting goals and how you can't just really, like, think that that's going to happen without doing anything. So, and you, you know a lot about that. You have a lot of experience with that, so... Well, I do now. And when I asked her if she had any regrets, what I was thinking was, I wish I had learned this 40 years ago instead of, you know, 10 or 11 years ago, because mm -hmm. um, knowing how your brain works is so um, it's it's I, I know I use the word powerful all the time, but it is really powerful. It's it's yeah. and, you know, I was in survival mode for so many years that 
I didn't know what I didn't know, but this, this is, this is good stuff. And you're going to want to stick around till the end. Yeah. 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 And okay. so, um, yeah. Oh, well, look I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Wait, before you do the cutoff, because that's what I was, I wrote down actually, I was like, oh, I'm going to ask you that then since you asked her, you said, what, what's something you would have done differently in your life? And, oh, I was like, well, I want to ask Bunny that. Did you, was that kind of your answer that you wish you'd known things or what do you think? I, I, I wish that I had had some inkling of the power that, my mind had, you know, I think in the simplest terms that when I first started paying attention to it was after um, my kids were gone. And I thought, wow, I, 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 you know, a whole lot of stuff I did, it was accidental or it was because my parents raised me correctly. But I, I do wish that I had known more about my mindset and about mindfulness. And um, I wish I had been more conscious of, an ongoing practice of gratitude. And I, you know, I feel like some of that was accidental, but as, as Michelle says, nothing's accidental. So exactly. here we are doing a podcast. We're glad you're <laughs> listening and we hope you'll subscribe and follow us and please review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much for being here. We're here today with my friend and colleague and someone that I met accidentally, but I admire incredibly, uh, Michelle Anderson. Michelle is a Keller Williams coach. She's also a, um, she's she's an expert at productivity coaching. She was a pioneer in the development of the product productivity coaching model for Keller Williams. And those of you who are regular listeners know that I am a realtor with Keller Williams and a lot of other things, but I would say that the mindset that I have and the mindset that got me to the place where I felt that I could write my book and tell my story is, is directly attributable to my experience with Keller Williams. So uh, Michelle has over 15,000 hours in coaching and training. She's certified by the International Coaching Federation. She's a John Maxwell coach. She's a certified DISC consultant, and she's certified in something I'm really fascinated about called conversational intelligence. But I first want to let folks know, Michelle and I met, we went to a, what we call bold in Keller Williams, which is, um, oh my gosh, business. Wait a second. What does bold stand for? I remember the living life by design, but business objectives, life by design. life by design. Yes. And I accidentally sat at the leadership table and I was not leadership. However, the cool thing was that I sat next to Michelle and we became friends and um, I, we want to have a conversation today about your conscious mind and your unconscious mind. And we want to talk a little bit about gratitude and coaching, but first, Michelle, I want to hear some of your story. How did you get to this place where you're okay, well, such an expert and such a great coach? 
It's so interesting to hear the word expert in your name. I've never really thought of myself <laughs> that way because I'm constantly growing and learning. Uh, I appreciate you saying that. And I'm thank you again for just being here today with you guys. And I'm going to be honest, this is my very first podcast. So no way. Way. I've done lots of other things, but I've not been, um, you know, on a podcast before. So I almost said I'm a virgin in it. You might want to cut that out. Um, (laughs) This is my first time. So um, and just going back to how we met, I think you and I probably both have the philosophy that there is no such things as accidents. And you're absolutely meant to be at that leadership table. And that's how we, you know, became friends. So um, so my journey of getting here, it's interesting because the role that I am a coach for within the Keller Williams organization, I coach the coaches who coach the newer agents, right, within the organization. And so back in 2007, I was a you know high producing agent in my market center on the ALC, which for those of you who don't know what that is, it's Agent Leadership Council. And, and I was already somebody who contributed to the training that was going on in the market center. And Keller Williams literally um, came up with a role and it was a new role within our industry, which was having a local coach, somebody who's working inside of a Keller Williams office or real estate office, coaching those newer agents and helping them with their training and their coaching to get them to a level of production, like the kind of level you're at, Bunny, right? So everybody started somewhere. And when that role first came about, And I was doing it for about six months. Some of your listeners will have no idea who this person is, but for about six months, I thought I was Julie on the love boat because (laughs) I I was there to have fun and get everybody having, um, you know, doing activities, which is part of the role. But the missing ingredient in all of that was the actual coaching side, which has to do with transformation of thinking and accountability, right? And helping people get what they want. So It started almost, um, I can't use the word accident because there isn't such things. And yet it was just a new role. My team leader, my manager at the time said, hey, I think you'd be great at this. And I said, what is it? And she said, I don't know. We're going to figure it out. (laughs) Here I am. And it's 14 years later from that, from that time where I was one of those productivity coaches. And, And, you know, often we say I pioneered in the role because I was one of very few people who were doing it and did it really, really successfully. And then I earned my way into being an actual national coach, meaning now I'm a MAPS coach. So I coach those coaches that are coaching those new agents. So I'm trusting that made sense. And if not, it's too many, too many paths to coach, but, and I'm thinking maybe that you can grasp what that all means. So it was, it was just something that fell upon me. Well, I love the fact that you said, you know, it wasn't accidental, but you said you talk, you're, you're, um, the person in charge of your office said you're going to be this and we don't know what it is, but, but we're going to do it. I mean, it's like, it's like life. We don't, about 90% of the time, we don't know what it's going to be, but, but we, you know, if you jump in and do it and you have the right mindset, it seems to work. The right mindset and the right mentor. So we, I would, um, I owe so much gratitude to Diana Kokoska who was my coach and my mentor. And so there'll be many people who will know who she is and many who won't, Mm -hmm. but you brought up bold and she was the author of bold, but she was also at that time, the president of maps. So she hired me to uh, be a maps coach, but that was after she coached me in the role of being a productivity coach. So I had a great mentor, a great trainer in Diana. And I attribute much of my success to that very first mentor from a coaching perspective. So I'd like to give gratitude to her. Well, she is amazing. 
Um, she's very amazing. But you, when we proposed this podcast, I, I knew that you would have a lot to say about mindset. But one of the cool things you said was um, that we're you're in the time of year where you talk to your clients about um, working on their thinking because your conscious mind is the goal setter and your unconscious mind is the goal getter. So it's goal setter with an S and goal getter with a G. And, and talk to me about the, what that means. Yeah. yeah. So I, that's, reason, that's news to me. Yes. Okay. The reason these conversations are coming up now is because for many people, many industries specifically, let's say with real estate, we're all working on what are our 2022 goals look like, right? Like what do we want for next year? So it's very much a business planning time. So I'm, as I'm working with my clients, I'm spotlighting or reminding us, first of all, everything stems from thinking everything, right? Whether it's um, how I'm going to feel today, how I'm going to behave today, um, everything stems from thinking. So what we think about is what we bring about. And a lot of this is what we, what we know, we know through bold. And yet we're only consciously aware of our thinking somewhere between three to 5% of the time. So that means we're operating on habitual patterns of thinking somewhere between 95 to 97% of the time. Wait, can you say that again? Are we really only conscious of our thinking three to 5% of the time? Yeah. Yeah. And science shows this. So, so that, you know, we have so many examples of that. Anybody listening today can, you know, think about when you drove your car, wherever you got, and if it was a routine, you've always followed, you never were consciously saying to yourself, oh, now I make a right. Now I make a left. And now I put my, you're not consciously thinking you are being driven by your unconscious thoughts. So when we talk about goal setting, for example, we're in a conscious state because we're planning and we're thinking, we're saying, I want this conscious thinking goal setter. And it's the conscious, the unconscious mind that we say is a go-getter because that's what's driving most of your actions is coming from your unconscious thinking. Um, there is, and I'm, I don't, I think I've got this straight. It's Carl Jung. Most people know who he is, a Swiss psychiatrist, I believe. And he has a really great quote that says, until we make the unconscious thinking conscious, it will direct our life and we will call it fate. So if we think about the unconscious thinking, everything lives there. Your biases live there. Our blind spots live there. Our limiting beliefs live there. Our unlimiting beliefs live there. It all lives there, right? It's in thinking. It's just we're not consciously aware of it. So conscious thought says, I'm setting this goal. And then oftentimes we don't reach it because our unconscious thinking and our, I'm sorry, our conscious thinking and our unconscious thinking are not in alignment. So how, so how do you, how do you get them in alignment? Good question. That's a good question. So we're all working on it. If we had the actual answer, I probably would not have a job. And yet it's, it's, it's really, truly a work in progress for all of us because we all, we all are prey to this, right? So, so there's lots of things we can do though, to get the unconscious mind and the conscious mind in alignment or um, the goal setter and the goal getter in alignment or your audio matching your video, like all of those things that, that we can say, but it ta- and it takes conscious thinking. So again, 
it's what do we do? Well, we start with, well, what are the goals? And so we were going to write those things out. And as you know, some people will create vision boards and they'll visualize. And, and as a coach, we'll ask questions. So what's important about that goal to you? When you achieve that goal, what happens in your life? How are you different? Who is impacted by that goal? What do you feel like knowing you've achieved it? So there's all kinds of great coaching questions to get our unconscious thoughts, right? In our conscious thinking so we can bring things to an awareness. But if it just stops there because we've created a business plan, we did a dream board, then chances are we won't make it because it's not in alignment. So there's, we've got to do conscious work. Obviously working with a coach will help you because you know, you've got somebody who is expecting you to show up at your best, right? If you've shared with a coach, you want something, the coach is there to support you and help you getting it. So that's a kind of a long drawn out answer to the question, but the goal setter is conscious goal getter is unconscious. And we really want to work on what are some of those limiting beliefs or those habits that we have right now that are not supporting us to get what we want. Well, I, you know, we interviewed somebody who spoke about, um, and we, we talked about a lot of practices, but the, uh, somebody who is uh, Brigitte, um, she, she spoke, she spoke about, uh, I, I interviewed her last and she spoke about how, you know, our brains don't know the difference between reality and, and, and what we tell it basically. And she said, if you can train your unconscious mind to know what success smells like and feels like, and looks like, and how you're, you will feel emotionally when you've gotten there then your brain is going to start. I, and, and what you're saying is your unconscious mind, if, if it's a habit to begin to think in those modes, then your unconscious mind is going to start moving toward getting you to that place. Am, am I, that's it's a, a simplistic way to say it, but yeah, no, that's spot on. Um, can I, can I throw something out there real quick? Please, please. Something? So, so, so if you're listening to this and you're somewhere where you can do this, then I'm going to ask people to play along. Okay. So I'd ask you to play along too. Of course. Um, and if you're driving or somewhere where you can't do this, please don't do it because we don't want to be responsible for anything happening to anyone. Okay. <laughs> right. So, um, so what we're going to do, and this is just to what your last guest, Brigitte was sharing with you. And that is that the brain does not know the difference between what is real and what is not real. It only knows what we tell it, which goes to the idea that, Everything is a story and we create our stories. We create them, right? Just like you and I could, we're having this conversation right now. You're picking up things. I'm picking up things. Could be similar, could be very different. The brain doesn't know the difference. So here's the exercise. So please play along. I think you'll, I think you'll really get some value out of this. All right. Ready? So mm -hmm. here we are. And Bunny, right in front of you, you have a very big, bright yellow lemon. And I'm going to ask you, and for all of you that are listening, to grab that yellow lemon. It's right in front of you. You can close your eyes if you want and keep your eyes open. But there's this big, yellow, juicy lemon, and now it's in your hand. And I want you to just sort of squeeze it a little bit, and it's pretty juicy, okay? And maybe you can take a sniff of it, and it's so vibrant. I mean, it's really very, very flavorful. You can smell it. And as you're squeezing it, I want you to just take a bite of the lemon. Just bite it. Go ahead and bite the lemon. All right? All right. So now you can put your lemon down. Now, the question is, did you actually, if somebody was walking by, would they have seen a yellow lemon in your hand? 
Of course not. No. Right. Okay. Now, what happened? What, what did you experience? Did you have any experience while you were doing that? Oh, yeah. I could feel the texture of it and the oil that is on the surface and I could smell it. And then, of course, when you said to take a bite of it, it was a shock to me because I knew it's shocking to take a bite out of a lemon. And yes. and because we're on a video conference, I could see you like really reacting. I did. That, right? I did. Really yeah. So, so the point to that is there was no lemon in your hand. And yet there was a story presented that you bought into the story because you were squeezing it, you were smelling it. And I would believe that for most people that are listening, probably had some similar experiences, right? I've talked to people that have literally had tears rolling down their face, right? Because of it and goosebumps all over them because of it. And honestly, I've done this so many times. And every time I do it, I get the same, my mouth waters, yes. right? I get the goosebumps, yes. the whole thing. And there was no real lemon, but the brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's not real. It only knows that we tell it. And that's the power of thinking. And that's why thinking about a goal is one thing, right? That's one thing. But to create a story and build the habits that would actually get you there and being in alignment with what we say we want, that takes the work. And most of the work is the stories we tell ourselves, right? How do we tell a different story? Well, and um, I, I think about the exercise that we do in Bold and uh, and people should know that Bold is a six, seven week seven uh, weeks, intensive okay. program that we that is just basically mindset training. But one of the most powerful exercises is when we write a letter to ourselves for an, and there is there's an entire exercise around that. But I've used I've suggested that for other people who are having a hard time getting to where they want to be, which is write that letter to yourself, write that, you know, and it's, it starts with a letter of gratitude of, uh, and I wrote a blog post about it, as I recall, um, you know, write a gratitude letter to yourself for a year from now. It's, you know, it's sort of like writing your Christmas letter. And, um, I remember that that was a suggestion in the book, Simple Abundance. I don't know if you remember that book, but that was a 365 day, um, so almost a, a devotional in mindset um, where you we talked about writing your Christmas letter for next year right now. And you thank your, you thank yourself for what you've accomplished. Um, I, you know, I've gotten my bold letter and it comes to you in the mail a year later. A year later. And, um, you know, the, the one thing I said in my last bold letter was I'm so proud of you for finishing and getting your book published. And here we are. So, um, so, but I do, they do think that that, uh, well, I know, I don't think, I know that um, getting your unconscious mind and wait a second, isn't there, don't you also have to recognize the things that are in your unconscious mind that, that are barriers, like your limited thinking? I mean, you have to be aware of those, right? Yeah, you would, you'd have to, because, and those are the things we work on. And again, I mean, I can speak to coaching because I've been doing it, you know, for a lot of years. Sure, now. I please do. do. The benefits that come from that 
oftentimes we don't know what we, cause we'll call them blind spots. And it does take somebody else to maybe show a pattern of behavior to somebody that they could say, what do you think of this? Like I'm seeing this repeating, right? What do you think about this? And that allows somebody to go into their thinking and more than likely unconscious thinking to pull forward why that might be the way it is. But to your point, Benny, absolutely. We've got to look and see, we say we want this and then there's this gap. So why is there a gap? And that's the part that's going to show us what our limiting beliefs or what habits do we have we already created um, in our lives that we need to undo and redo. Uh, and for, you know, it, it varies for each person. It, there's so many there's so many reasons why we don't get what we say we want. But uncovering what those are is really important. And again, that's that's why having a mentor, a coach, somebody else that can support you and help you through that thinking process to expose it. Right. Because um, we all have them. Well, we do. And I'm, um, you know, I'm thinking in the most in the most practical terms. I mean, in a dream world, everybody would get a coach. Right. I mean, every everybody would find somebody who was a powerful mentor who could help them through this process. But if you were, you know, if I have a listener who's sitting at home, who's like, well, I don't get it. I don't understand why, you know, what's what's my blind spot? What's what are some practical ways that people can figure that out? That's Are good. there simple ways? Yeah, I, I think so. It's going to start with thinking. So really setting aside some time to think because that will put you in a conscious state. Wait, but let me tell you, this is one thing we're not good at. We're not <laughs> good at setting aside time to reflect and think. Don't you think that's, I mean, that's, 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 that's one of everybody's issues. I think it could be, it definitely could be. It could also be an unconscious habit to prevent you from getting what you want by saying you don't have the time to do it. Could ah. be, could be that, right? Well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it could. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so thinking time, it would start with that. And then it's the questions that we ask ourselves and how willing are we to ask ourselves the questions, the tough questions. Um, one thing that we know about any of this is that the, the person has the answers. Even as a coach, I don't have your answers. You don't have mine, right? But through a process of questions and examining and observations, then the, the answer does emerge from the person. So you don't have to have another person in your role to do this. Um, certainly you can get there faster, right? And yet if you're willing to ask yourself some really tough questions and go inward and come up with the answers and, you know, it's almost like, I would ask myself, what is preventing me from having this? What's stopping me? I would ask them those things. And, and if there's no answers coming up there, then I would ask, well, what would it have, what would it have to look like for me to do this? Or what belief would I have to have in order for? Um, yes. Those are great questions. And I recall, you know, you and I, I, I believe you knew Judy Camp, but she was this yeah. amazing mentor that I had when I yeah. first came to Keller Williams. And first of all, I would go into her office and I would say, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe what just happened. And, and I, or, or I would say something like, I can't go out on that listing appointment. I've never listed a house over a half a million dollars. And she would say, first she would do this thing. She would wave her hands in the air and she would say, oh, that's so fascinating. <laughs> However, <laughs> um, that's a limiting belief. Yeah. And what would, what would you have to do? What would it look like for you to believe that you were as capable as anybody else of taking a half million dollar listing? And I would say, well, I, 
she, you know, she would stop, stop us in the midst of our limiting beliefs and say, yeah. uh, basically that's BS. Yeah. Now let's reframe it. That's right. Cause that's all so it I, is. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. What, what would it take? What would yeah. it look like? Who would you have to be in order to, right? Those are really good questions that we could just be asking ourselves. We have our answers. If we're not willing to face the answers, that's a whole different story. And yet if we, if we're somebody who wants to really start getting in alignment with what we say we want, um, and typically what we want, there's going to require some kind of action to get there in most cases, right? Even though I'm all about the secret, let's say, I also know that, uh, what was it? A vision without action is a hallucination, right? So I am of the belief that you do have to take action to get things. You know, I, I'd love it if I could just sit here and go, oh, I would love for, you know, blank to happen or that to happen. But I, I do logically understand it's going to take something from me to get there. And those are the stories we've got to work on. There was another thing I heard once, and I don't know if, we're, if I'm jumping around too much, but I love no. it. It is, um, we will never outperform our self-image. So how we see ourselves matters. The stories we have matter. And they're just stories. That's the great part about this, right? So you have the power to create a story that would get you on a path to what you say you want. Me, you, all of us. Uh, we have the opportunity to do that simply from our thinking. And I'm not discounting the fact that life will happen. I'm not discounting, you know, I'm, we've got a major change coming in my own family soon. My mom, which I'm happy enough to say gets to live with me, but my mom is at the point now where, you know, my mom's going to be moving in with me. And that's a major change for my family. It's me and my husband. We feel like we've been empty nesters. We have a blast every single day. Honestly, I'm not making that up. We have a lot of fun in our life. And, you know, there's a major change that's coming. And I go first to gratitude. And I go first to gratitude, number one, because my mom's here. Number two, because I can, I have the means to support my mom and bring my mom and help my mom. Um, and number three, it's all a story. So if I'm going to have the best life with my mom while she's still here, I get to create that story. And I'm in the midst of doing that right now. Right. So um, anyway, we won't outperform our self image, what we think matters. Um, and since we get to create the stories, why not just create the best version of ourselves and then live into that? Because the unconscious mind, what your last guest was sharing with you is that unconsciously we will seek out, we will seek it out without even knowing, right? If I'm somebody who says oh. I can't, my brain will make sure I cannot. If I can, my brain will find those opportunities. So. Um, right. I, I am, um, you know, I'm a big fan of Price Pritchett's book, You Squared. I don't know if you know that I book, know, but, but he, um, first of all, he says you shoot, you, you have to know what your aiming point is. Mm. So, so we probably need to go back to the piece where you said you have to, you have to set goals. I mean, I, I'm going to be really honest and other than thinking very informally, um, I, I, re I remember that when I was in college, I wrote a, uh, wrote on a sheet of paper, the things that I wanted by the time I was 30. And one of them was to own my own pair of skis and to make 30 grand a year. I wrote, well, of course I got there. Like that, awesome. that worked out. But, but after that, I don't know, Michelle, that I ever, ever, um, 
very consciously wrote my goals down. And I know there's a, st a statistic that says if you haven't written them down, your chances of getting there are minimal. Yeah, it's very Am I slim. right? It's slim. It's really slim. And, and that goes to the point of we can take one day and write them down. And if that's the end of it, it's probably also very slim. But it starts there, right? It starts with right. what do you want? And if you think about that, if you think about in your business life, in your relationships, in your finances, in your spiritual life. And one of Gary Keller's books, The One Thing, he has these seven circles of life. And you could look at each part of your life and determine, well, what, what do you want to achieve in 2022 in this part of your life? Right. And, and, and what do you want to achieve in five years? And how do we, what's years. the thing, what's the thing you do today that gets you closer to that? What do you, exactly. what's the thing you do every single day? So, so just setting goals. I, I think for, I would say at least 50% of our audience is the first step, but you, you know, there's another piece to this that we hadn't talked about yet. And that that's accountability. Mm, that's a big you, part. <laughs> you can, you can talk all you want about, um, well, I want to do this and I want to get my unconscious mind. But yeah. but as you said, it doesn't happen in a vacuum and it's not magic. So you have to have some accountability to get you to where you want to go, right? Yeah. Talk, and, talk about accountability. I, I do think that that's probably where there is somebody else involved. And it doesn't have to be a coach. It could be your your best friend, your spouse, your partner, your child, doesn't matter who. I mean, we've worked with clients where... Um, specifically with families where the whole family is involved in accountability. I, I remember years ago coaching somebody who had a dream to take his kids to, I don't remember where it was now. I don't think it was, it was Disneyland, but he had a dream to do something with his family. And, and so I recommended he went home and told his kids about it, that he was going to take them wherever it was, providing he accomplished this, this, and this. And so you know that he would come home and his kids were asking him if he did his job. Right, right. right. Involved in this, right? They, want to, they want to be a part of it. So I would, I would recommend that from an accountability standpoint, there is somebody else involved. So whether it's whoever you just, you determine that to be and the accountability part, it's more about, it's not, I can't make anybody do anything just like you can't make me. And so the word accountable, it's really holding somebody able to do what they say, right. And, and accountable, there's that able word. And I think that's what what is so great about accountability is we're providing a space for somebody to be able to do what they say that they need to do to get what they want. And that could look like anything. I mean, it could be just having somebody that, you know, has that expectation from you. Like if we set something up, like you're saying, Hey, I haven't really sat down and thought about my one-year goals or my three or my five. And, and you said to me today, you know what, I'm going to work on my one-year goals. I'm going to take a few things, take some time. I'm going to write down what they would be. I'm going to marinate why those would be important for me. And Michelle, I'm going to let you know in, you know, what is today? The 12th. I'll let you know by next week, what my, you know, what my goals are. And if you said that to me, how likely would you be to carry that through? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have a writing coach right now and she said to me on Friday um, to tell me the day that you will have your outline, your overview to me. Don't, you know, it wasn't, can you work on this? It was what day at what time will this arrive in my inbox? Right. And I'm sweating it, but I'm doing it. Of course you are. And, and I love the way that you just reframed the word accountable because it has, 
in my mind at least, maybe not with anybody else, has a little bit of a negative connotation. And you just reframed that and made that a completely different word. Excellent. Good. Yeah. I mean, instead of saying, I'm going to hold you accountable, you said, I'm going to show you that you are able to achieve this, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is. I think you're right. The accountability. And it's funny because when we start working with new clients and we ask, you know, tell me what's the main reason that you've joined coaching or you want to be coach or you want to have a coach. And the answer is always accountability. That's always like nine out of 10, nine and a half out of 10 times. Somebody say, I want accountability. So then we have to say, well, what does that mean to you? What does accountability mean? Because that means different things for different people. Right. And then we would want to know, well, you know, how, what would it look like between you and I? from an accountability standpoint and to what your writing coach is doing. It is, what do you want? Why is that important to you? By when will you have it done? How will I know? What will it feel like when you've accomplished that? Those kinds of things. Um, But accountability is a key ingredient. And that, that is literally why the role of the productivity coach was first brought forward in our organization, because Keller Williams has always had incredible training and we still do. And so we would have all these new agents come and get in this incredible training. And they still were. And yet we were still seeing seeing the same statistics about new agents not making it in the business because what was missing was the coaching because within coaching is a space for people to show up and be accountable or to be able. And so that's really why the whole role was, was even developed. So, um, conversation. Well, may I, may I say just that, um, I, I think you you said something really important when you were talking about your mom. You said the, the story around that is that I'm going to come from gratitude. And it's, I mean, our hashtag is the stories save us. I think our stories save us. And you have to know what your story is, or you have to choose to have a completely different story. I mean, you... Knowing your story, feeling free to tell your story, all of those are really important. Um, but you said something so true, which is a lot of people would say, oh, my God, my mom is going to come live with us. I mean, we've been having this amazing life. And now my mom, who's thoughts. I don't know. I yeah, did have those thoughts. Honestly, those you, were probably the first thoughts. Right. But then you get, you know, first thoughts arrive, but you can you can decide what to do with them. Right. That's right. Yep. Can't control the first one. You get to control every thought after. That's really important. I mean, people need to know that. They need to know that um, you really can guard your thoughts. If you don't, then what happens, right? It goes back to that whole, you know, Carl Jung's the unconscious until we make it conscious. It will direct our life and we will call it fate. Right. It's a choice. It's a choice every day. Well, talk to me about, I'm so fascinated by this. Um, um, you're certified in conversational intelligence. What yes. does that mean? So that's the work of Judith Glazier. And um, sadly, she passed away a few years ago. There's a book, you can get the book and mm-hmm. the book is actually called conversational intelligence. Her work is brilliant. It is about the brain. And what happens and really how to have effective conversations. And, you know, the first conversations are the ones we're having with ourselves, which is part of what we've been talking about all along. Part of what she brings up, and it's really important to know, and this goes to change, is that typically we're going to resist change. And, and 
our brains are literally designed to keep us alive. That's what they're there for. It's like, it's a primitive brain in the fact that we are wired for survival. So anytime anything feels like a perceived threat, right? So change can often feel like a perceived threat, right? Um, and doing something you've never done before uh, could feel like a perceived threat. So we could go into fight, flight, freeze. And she even has a piece that she's done research on. Um, and so because of chemically what is going on in our, in our bodies, because your, your brain literally releases chemicals. And so when we talk about gratitude, which is why gratitude is such a great practice, because the endorphins that are being released are good for you. And it will promote you to do good and to be good. And studies even show that people who practice, intentionally practice gratitude, they have less envy in their lives. They sleep better. Like things like that. They're obviously more positive, but even things to that level appear because of what's going on in our brains. So her work is, I would highly recommend, I mean, if you're interested in these things, it's called Conversation Intelligence. I was really, really blessed I'm very thankful because I was introduced to her through one of the, um, as one of those ICF, you know, members, I was introduced to her through some course I took. And so I was probably one of the very last classes that I got to attend with her for my certification um, because she sadly had, uh, I believe it was brain cancer and we were her very last class, but she was even doing research on that because she, her doctors at one point were like, it's a miracle. Um, of what's going on with her and how her recovery was going. But in the end, she, she, she didn't make it. Uh, so, so the book is great. It talks a lot about those kinds of things though, about what goes on in your minds and in our brains and how that impacts us, uh, our physiolog, you know, physio physiologically, how we're impacted by that. Um, and it goes back to the stories that we tell. And it seems like most of the things that I study there, just like you, they're so interrelated because it's all kind of, the same, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So, right. In in fact, I, I, I keep coming back. I mean, it feels to me like we talk about the same thing every time, but we come at, at it from so many different viewpoints that it feels, I mean, it feels really enriching. I'm, I'm learning more doing this podcast than That's anything fun. I've ever done. It's so much fun, but we talk about, um, you know, there, we didn't talk about the, the, where you are a certified disc consultant. And I, I think that if people know a little bit, a little bit about who they are and how they operate, that's yeah. gotta be helpful to them. Doesn't it? So helpful. It's so helpful. Just the more we can understand ourselves, which I think, you know, the biggest part of the journey here is really knowing ourselves. And the more that we know ourselves, the better we are. And so the disc behavior and boy, I got, I got certified. I've been certified in that for so many years and I've done, and I still will do up until COVID. I was still doing some in-person disc training. It, it's one of those classes. It's probably one of my own limiting beliefs that I really, I personally just love doing in person because behavior is seen in all kinds of ways, right? So it's not just what people say, it's their body language. There's so many things that we can see behavior, but the disc profile is basically, um, some people call it personality, but we would say it's behavior profiling. And uh, it's interesting when I first learned about the DISC and I first started to utilize DISC from a coaching perspective, I literally had people that thought I was a fortune teller. 
was like, no, I'm not a fortune teller. I'm just reading to you based on your your assessment that you answered, right? So you take a simple assessment, you pick out these words, and then it feeds back what behavioral style you're more likely to be naturally and which behavioral style you're most likely to be when you're under stress. And um, the D stands for dominant um, or direct. Uh, the I is an influencer. The S, steady, stable. And the C, compliant. And each one of these behavioral styles are um, they're, they're very telling and we are all probably a combination of most, but most people will know, you know, if you're, if you're somebody who's like, Oh, I got to get it done. want to get it done now. And, you know, you'd rather just do it yourself than ask somebody else because you know, you can do it better and faster. And, um, you know, you're probably a dominant behavioral style, right? And if you're the influencer and you just love people and you love to talk and you love to be on stage, I know I'm doing the same thing, right? And you love <laughs> all of those things, then you're probably an I or an influencer. And if you're S, which is steady, stable, and you're the person who really does not like the limelight at all, that you love getting things done, you know, you've got a rhythm for things, you're a very loyal person, you really thrive in security, let's say, like that's important to you, you're probably an S. And if you are compliant, meaning you're all about the data and the facts, and even me talking about this whole stuff, you probably don't believe it too much because that just seems a little far-fetched. but that would be the C behavioral style. So yeah, DISC is really good to learn. It's good to learn about yourself. And then as you learn about yourself and you learn about those people that you're with, um, you just learn how to treat each other better. Well, and I'm going to say, I'm really grateful that I learned about it because it's also really helpful in, in the business world. It's really helpful for me to know what sort of, what my clients are like. I mean, if I have an, uh, a high C or, or an especially a C or an S, I have to behave completely differently than if I have an I or a D. And I'm a high I with the little bit and, and more of a D than I used to be. But um, yeah. it yeah. really makes a difference in the way that you deal with the people that you deal with. Yep. I think they say that the golden rules treat others as you would have them treat you. And the platinum rule is treat others the way they want to be treated. And when you can understand somebody's behavioral style, like you're speaking to, if you go to a client who's direct and wants it like this, and you want to show them all the pictures and talk about all the stuff, they're over it, right? Because they want to just bottom line it for me, give it to me now. Um, So yeah, it's important to learn. And and we can just, you know, the more we know ourselves, the better we can be with others. So So tell me if you I always like to ask people, you know, if you could do anything differently, um, is, is, I mean, maybe not. I, sometimes I think, you know, my life would look like a train wreck for years. And now I'm so excited that it was a train wreck because it got me here, but I'm really curious to know if there's. Now, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I do believe, you know, I was a young girl and we were homeless at one point. I didn't even know I was homeless because my mother was so good. She Wow. And I say it was homeless because we lived, we didn't have a physical address and we would live out of different motels and places like that. But I, I never realized that I was an actual homeless person. Um, I didn't find that out until I was like 40 years old. I'm not making that up, which again, led me to, to know what an incredible mother I had, right? I didn't even realize that. Um, so I don't know that there would be something different. I think if there was something that I would like to, I, that I wish I would have thought differently about would have been um, to move faster 
with some of the things that I wanted to do, just move faster. And, and recently, and I don't, I know I didn't share this with you, but I've recently, I don't think I did. I've recently, um, I have a workshop now that I do. It's just my own product. And, um, mm-hmm. and it's for any coaching leader, meaning anybody in any organization or in their life where they're leading or managing people. And it's really all about the core competencies of coaching and how to get more from people. Right. It has a lot to do with some of the things we've talked about today. And I waited on that. I waited on it. And so that would have been something that I really wish I would have done earlier. And it took really COVID and me sitting in a class that I spent a lot of money on and I absolutely learned in the class. I'm not discounting what I learned. I just remember sitting in there thinking, wait a minute, I have an abundance that I could be sharing with people. And I could be doing what this person is doing and help a lot more people than I am right now. And that motivated me to do it. So if there was something, I guess that would be it. Like, I wish I would have started on things earlier. Well, well, I want to hear about that because we want to let people know about it. So is, is it an online digital course? It that- is. It's a digital course. It's called Coaching for Better Performance. And it is a four week course because it's two and a half hours in my delivery. And I make the, I have a very small, I cut the class size because I want, since it's digital, I'm doing my absolute best so that we can feel like we're actually having an experience together. So I don't want to have to scroll and I don't want anybody in the room to have to scroll to see who else is in the room. So I like everybody on one screen. So I really do limit it to 24 people. So this is an, this is a live online course. Wow. That's so cool. Michelle, I want to do it. I want to take it. (laughs) Uh, I will invite you to it. I am a, I'm really excited about it and I've gotten some really great feedback on how to get better, but I've also just had people really excited about what they're learning and they can implement it. And that's the most important thing, right? Like not just sitting in a class, but how you can actually make it work in your life. So, so if you had something to tell folks that you want to leave them with today, um, other than I bet you have a list of books that you'd like for us to post with your podcast, lots of books, books. but um, if you, what, what's the best take, what's the takeaway you'd like people to have now that they've heard you I, speak? I think I would say that we are so much greater than our habits. We're so much greater than all of that. We are so much greater. And when we can just get out of our own way or do what you were asking earlier, like spend some real time and thinking about who we are and what we want and how do we get there. Um, I think we have an opportunity to show up greater. I, I, I guess that would be it. Just we're much greater than our habits. Our habits are just that. They're habits. And that stems from thinking. We have the opportunity to think at such a great level. And that's what I would leave people with. Well, I want to do this again so so that we can talk more about mindset. But this I, is great. I've written down fun. about 40 things. So. Oh, good. <laughs> yes. Yes. Was fun. I so will it. you come back? I absolutely will come back. And I'll get you some okay. books that I think would go with part of what we talked about. Perfect. Perfect. So let's get our unconscious mind at the same level as our conscious mind. I'm ready. Me too. All right. Thanks, Thank guys. you, Michelle. Thank you. Uh, Appreciate bye-bye. you. Bye. That's all we've got today, friends. I want to thank you for joining the Life Saving Gratitude podcast with your host, Bunny Terry, that's me, and my producer and assistant, Johanna Medina. We feel like we're in the business of sharing the stories that save us, and we hope you'll share as well by letting your friends and family know about the podcast. Follow and like us wherever you listen, and please take the time to leave a review. Whether it's a stellar comment or a suggestion, we are open to suggestions all the time. Also, follow us on Instagram at Life Saving Gratitude Pod.
You can also follow me personally at Bunny Terry Santa Fe. You can sign up at my website at bunnyterry.com to receive weekly emails about how to become the ultimate gratitude nerd. Thanks so much for checking in. <laughs>